Good morning. Let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing Springs of Living Water. And in this world is not my home. I thirsted in the barren land of sin and shame. And nothing satisfying there I found. But to the blessed cross of Christ one day. this morning on this Lord's Day. We're going to open up in prayer, and in that my opening prayer, we're going to pray for Levi Norris. He compound broke his left leg on a trampoline yesterday. They did surgery last night, put steel rods in there, but um, 16, 17 years old, right in that area there, and we just need to pray that it all heals up and not have long-lasting effects. Amen? So let's open up our service, and we're going to lift up Levi in prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you and we thank you so much for your love for us and the way you do watch over us. And I just pray that you would be with Levi this morning as he's in the hospital in Burlington. I'm sure his mom and dad are concerned and I just pray that you would be with them. I ask for healing for this, this severe break as in his leg. I pray that you would just help that to heal in such a way that he would not have lifelong side effects from it. Lord, I ask that you be with us as we worship you this morning. Help us to exalt you in song and in prayer, for you are worthy of all our praise. In Christ's name we pray, amen. amen. Please be seated. 
Your praise. 
Would you please stand again? And together we lift up our voices as we sing, Come Thou Fount, Come Thou King, and then all I have is Christ. Come Thou Fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing Thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnets sung by flaming tongues above. I ran my hell. 
indifference to the cause. You looked upon my helpless state and led me to the cross. And I beheld God's love displayed. You suffered in my place. You bore the wrath reserved for me. Now all I
like you to take your Bibles with me, if you would please, and turn to Psalm 42. I'm going to read to you verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 42, and then we're actually going to go through the scriptures and look at a number of things. title of our message this morning is Looking While You Wait, and I'm going to explain that to you when we read Psalm 42 verses 1 and 2. Give you just a second to get there. If you don't have a Bible with you, right on the back of the pew in front of you is a Bible. Of course, it's also on the screen. But it's nice to hold a Bible in your hand. There's something about that. I like that. Um, So Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2, it says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come? And appear before God. And so what we have here is the psalmist, as he pens these words under the inspiration of the Lord, he is talking about his passion, his love, his desire to draw near to God and walk with the Lord in his life. But if you look at the very last part of verse 2, he tosses out a question. He says, when shall I come and appear before God? And that is the life's question, isn't it? None of us know. In fact, the Bible says that it could be any time. None of us know. It could be today that we're called to come before the Lord. But what about that time between today and that day when we're going to go ahead and stand before the Lord, be before the Lord, when we actually take residency up in that heavenly home that he has prepared for us? Well, we have to live our lives day by day, don't we? So this morning, what my real goal is, is to get you and I to look at life in the proper way to where we can enjoy the journey. We're in the middle of a long Vermont winter. Have any of you noticed that? (laughs) You know, it's, it's been kind of gray. Has anybody noticed that? We've not had a bright, shiny, sparkly winter this year. A lot, of, a lot of gray and rainy days. I've reached out to a number of our, our church family that are just struggling and let them know I'm praying for you and is there anything I can do to, to help you in any way I can? Because it, it does get to be a long winter. I grew up in New England. It's been my whole life. Uh, I did live in Kansas for four years, went to college in Springfield, Missouri, uh, did an internship or an associate pastor time in Virginia, but the vast majority of my life has been up here in New England. And for sure, the winters can be long. And if we're not careful, we let them pull us down. But the reality is, oftentimes life is what we make it, isn't it? It's, the, it's what we grab a hold of. Now, all of us go through mountaintop, great, joyous experiences, and all of us face some pretty deep valleys at times in our lives. But we can stay in the valley, or we can strive for the mountain. It's up to us. Amen? When we come to this text, You find the psalmist tossed this question out. When shall I come and appear before God? Nobody knows. But the journey is a journey of learning to look and enjoy life. 
So I'm going to take you this morning to four things. I want to challenge you to look while you wait. We don't know whether it's going to be tomorrow that we take up residence in heaven or if it's going to be 50 years from now. But we need to learn to look in the right places to enjoy life. I'm going to show you that we need to look up. We need to look in. We need to look out. And we need to look forward. But they all need to be in the right way in order for us to enjoy the journey. My kids, when we would go on long road trips, it was before all the computer things and all that stuff. So we'd give them a little coloring book and maybe an Etch-a-Sketch or I think they came out with light brights when my kids were little and they would do light brights. But then towards their high school years, Walkman. Can you remember those amazing things, Walkman? All the young people are saying, what's a Walkman? Oh, they were so cool. They were so cool. Just like you. <laughs> so my kids, I, we got them a Walkman. But I quickly realized that, you know what would happen is they would get in that back seat there, they'd put that Walkman in, and they would tune out everything. They'd tune out mom and dad, they'd tune out the scenery, they'd tune out everything. So I had to manage the Walkman. Isn't it horrible? I was mean. I'd say to them, guys, listen, we're, we're, we got a three hour drive. You can do 30 minutes of the Walkman. The rest, I want you to talk to mom and dad. I want you to look out the window. I want you to see what's going on around you. Why? Because I want them to experience life instead of just inside the Walkman. I know. You can talk about it later, about how, how mean I was. But I believe that about all of life. For me as well, as a grown-up, it's the way I approach each day that's going to make the outcome of the day really impact me. And so this morning, I want to challenge you. Let's start each day by looking up. Because if you'll start your day looking up to the Lord, starting your day, whether it's a dark, dreary Vermont day or a bright, sunshiny Southern California day, it doesn't matter where, you start the day looking up. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You and I are challenged to look. Look unto Jesus. Look up to him. The author and finisher of our faith. He is the one that sits at the right hand of the Father. And the scriptures teach us he intercedes for us. Psalm chapter 5 verse 3 says, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and we'll look up. We need to start our day looking up. Looking up to the Lord in prayer. Looking up, starting our day at the highest point with Him. <clears throat> Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
You and I, we start each day looking to him. Now, I realize that each one of our days is very different. You may be facing a very hard tomorrow. Monday, I don't know what your life is going to hold tomorrow, but it might be a very hard day. And as you face it, start it looking up. Reach out to the God who cares about you. Reach out to the one who's the master of your faith. Reach out to the one whose ear is inclined towards you, who's interceding for you and cares for you. Look up. But I told you we're going to look at several things. Not only do we start out by looking up, but we should start out looking in. Life needs to have a certain amount of inventory days, introspection. When we step back and we take an account, it's part of what helps us to be better, stronger, growing, maturing. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, examine yourselves. Whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates? Strong word, reprobates, isn't it? He's telling us, he's saying, do a self-examination. Look in yourself and ask yourself, well, where am I in my Christian walk? Where am I in my personal faith? Where am I concerning my daily practice? Am I living like a reprobate? Or am I on my journey of walking, drawing, getting closer to my Lord? Because there are no, there's no doubt that there are times when our faith is put to the test. When we are faced with circumstances that rock us. When you go to the book of Acts, when you look in the Gospels, when you look at the Apostles' writings, you find people who live lives just like us. Surprises came. Heartaches came. Joyful times came. But they had to look within themselves and say, who am I? I'm a Christian. And as a Christian, I'm on a journey. My journey as a sojourner through this life is to honor my Lord. To lift him up, exalt him, to walk with him and abide with him. That takes some introspection. For you to really examine who you are. It's important for us to see ourselves clearly. You know, the book of James tells us there are those who look in the mirror and then they do nothing and they walk away. That doesn't work for me. I get up in the morning, I look in the mirror. Man, some mornings I have a really bad hair day. I'll look in there and there's like five or six hairs on the side here sticking out. You know how it is. It can be rough. So like any, any kid who's been raised by a mother, I do exactly what she used to do. <clears throat> not really, not really. But every day we need to see ourselves clearly, don't we? It's important. When you look in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according to God, 
hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. You know, it is it's wise advice to tell us to not think more highly of ourselves than we should. Because sometimes we always think to ourselves, why me? I don't deserve this. Well, in reality, life is life. And things come our way. And why not me? Why not me? Why am I so much better than everybody else that I should not experience ill health sometimes? Financial difficulties sometimes. Marital struggles sometimes. Parenting difficulties sometimes. What makes me so special that I should never encounter the struggles of everybody else in life? Well, I'm not. So I have to not think more highly of myself. I have to understand that life does happen. And I need to reach out to the one I look above to. And when I see myself start to be, start to think myself a little too privileged, a little too righteous, a little too high, it's time to get off the pedestal, amen? And to come down with it where all the rest of the world lives. And understand, Lord, walk this journey with me. Because I am going to have to go through the same furrows, the same turned soil. I'm going to get mud on my boots. I am going to get soiled in life. Lord, I need you to walk this journey with me. 1 John chapter 2, verses 4 through 6 says, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth this word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know, you, know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Even as Christ walked. So you and I, when we look in introspection. When we do that personal inventory, we have to stop and say, am I walking even as Christ would walk? Have I chosen to live my life as a Christian? So if somebody arrested you or me tomorrow, and they started going through our life, would they find a life that indicates they're a Christian? Or what would they find? A little inventory helps us to stay on track. It helps us to improve our Christian person. James 1.25 says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So you and I, little introspection up against the scriptures, our inventory sheet against us, it's good to make sure that we're in line as much as is possible. For many years, I worked in machine shops from the time I was 16 to 32. Last shop I worked in, I was 32 years old. And I worked for a big manufacturer in Massachusetts. When I first got out of Bible college, I, I taught as a youth pastor at a church just outside of Worcester, Mass. And Warner and Swayze was a big manufacturer of grinders and, and uh, industrial machinery. And every year, I worked for them for four years, every year we would have to do a major inventory of the entire plant. And I'm talking about city blocks of manufacturing plant. 
So even as a machinist running a machine, they would make me do an inventory of all the nuts and bolts and screws. And I had the inventory, all my chuck blocks, everything I had for my machines. Can you imagine through the entire plant every year? Well, if they would do that for nuts and screws, surely we could do that for ourselves. That we might find ourselves in line and healthy and well. So we start out looking up. And yes, it's important that we look in. But we must never forget to look out. Because if all we ever do is look in, we become what? Selfish, self-centered. I heard somebody say that. Let's say it together. If all we ever do is look in, we become what? Selfish. selfish. And if we're not careful, we become like all the other selfish people in the world. And if everybody's selfish, who takes care of everybody else? If it's all about me, and everybody, it's all about me, then nobody's getting taken care of. It's kind of like a marriage. When that bride and that groom come down the aisle, they had better be for each other. Amen? Amen. Because I'll guarantee you, the guy who's getting collection for the electric bill, he's not on their side. Do you know whose side he's on? The electric company's side. And it doesn't matter. We can illustrate that through every part of life. But that little young couple who comes down here, you know, he stands and he's, he's watching that bride. And once those doors open, it's like gleaming light, isn't it? <laughs> There's the bride. And she comes down. It's glorious. It's magnificent. It's amazing. She comes down here. Dad gives her away. Didn't charge a dime. She goes, <laughs> sits down. And when he steps up, it is them together. And they both have got to learn to support each other. Once one decides they're just going to take, then the balance is lost in the relationship. Amen? Amen? They both have to give. Because as one gives, the other gets. The other gives, the other gets. It's a building relationship. But once one says, I'm done giving... They are now headed in trouble. Every once in a while, I hear couples say, well, it's not my problem. That's his or hers. Listen, if his or her have a problem, you have a problem. That's the reality of the relationship. So we have to always be looking out, too. We need to look out at the needs of others in order to really enjoy the journey as we head to our heavenly home. Looking out is important. John 4, 35. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Here we find the Lord teaching them about evangelizing, reaching out to others with the gospel, making a difference in other people's lives. He says, don't just stand and say, isn't it like four months away before the harvest? He says, no, no, no. Look around. 
The fields are white on the harvest. All around us are people who are in need. They're, need. they're in need of the gospel. They're in need of your Christian mentoring and faith and help and prayer. All around you are people who can be positively affected by your lives. Every once in a while, we'll go ahead and we'll approach somebody to teach a Sunday school class if there's a need. And when I ask them, it's not uncommon for somebody to say, well, I don't know, I'm not really a Bible scholar. I know you're not. But you know what? You'll learn so much teaching others. It's the truth. Even if, it, even if those others are only two or three years old, as you study to help others, you will reap so much in helping others. It's the same way in every part of life. When you stop just focusing on you and you start focusing on others, all of a sudden you find out you feel better. This is a long, gray, dark winter. So I challenge you, look out. Peek your head up above the, the window sash. Look through that, that haze and that fog of a dark winter. And look and see if there isn't somebody you can help at this time in your life. Somebody who you can make a difference to. Somebody who is white under harvest. They're ready for somebody to touch their lives and make a difference. Maybe it's an encouraging note. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's stopping by and bringing them a homemade dish of soup or something you made in your woodworking shop. Who knows what? But you might be that person that helps them to get past a very, very bad time. We have to look outward. You know, even when it comes to the signs of the times, Look with me, if you would, to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 21. Looking outward is a part of life throughout all of life, even into eternity. Luke chapter 21, verses 25 through 28. Here we're challenged to look. Look at the signs. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth. Distress of nations. With perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fear, for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud. With power and great glory. I read you that text to say, you might be having the worst of the worst of the worst days. But I want you to look out and understand that all around the world, there are people who are also going through bad times. And you and I, we have to bring to them what, what, what it came down to say in verse 27. And then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. You might see men's hearts failing them for fear, looking upon those things which are coming on the earth. You might see people with wary and concern and genuine fear. Point them to Jesus. Point them to Jesus. Point them to the hope. The hope of Christ walking through each valley with them. Facing each struggle with them. 
helping them to get through to the other side. You and I have to look beyond ourselves because yes, the fields are white under harvest. I told you we were gonna look up, gonna look in, gonna look out, but we also have to look forward. It is important that we always have hope. There's always hope in Christ. You, you wanna never abandon hope. Years ago, I, I had a small boat, um, outboard motorboat. Sandy and I have a boat now too. But when my kids were really little, we had a boat where I could take them tubing. And tubing is where you just have a rope out to a big tube and you try to knock them off it as fast as you can. <laughs> You're just ripping and tearing across Lake Champlain, making waves, flipping the kids up in the air. I know it sounds horrible, they love it. So we would do that, you know, I would get, I'd get done in the evening, we'd go ahead and pack a lunch, uh, and we'd go out eat, not lunch, dinner. We'd go eat dinner on Lake Champlain, and then the kids would swim and tube and all that kind of stuff. So one day we, we, we had gone ahead and got done, the kids were swimming, and I said to Joy, the ladder coming in the back of the boat hooked on the back of the boat. And we were in a hurry, it was getting dark and all that stuff. And so I started taking off and Joyce says, Dad, Dad, we forgot the ladder. And I said, okay, just unsnap it and pull it in. And just as I said that, I was gonna say, but don't let it go. <laughs> just then she reached back down, unsnapped that thing off the ring in the back of the boat. Boop, it was gone to the bottom of Lake Champlain. You are welcome to find it, you get it, you can have it. <laughs> I think it was like in 250 feet of water. Look, it was gone. You know, there are some things in our lives we just have to hang on to. I didn't get mad at her because I'm the one who hit the accelerator, which pulled it out of her fingers. <laughs> but things happen in our lives where if we're not careful, we let go. And we have to decide that I am going to continue to look forward. I am not going to let go of my hope, my faith, my joy. I'm going to keep on keeping on for the Lord Jesus Christ and for me, for my sanity. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You see, we have to hold on to those eternal things. You might say, Pastor, that's hard to do. Well, it is hard to do because they're not the things we can see. They're the things not seen. But sometimes those things not seen are the most powerful things, aren't they? They're the things that really bear us up and help us. And we just have to hang on by faith. That's why it's called faith. <coughs> As we go through a long, dark winter, you have to determine to not let it beat you down. It's kind of like sports. Sports is a huge thing today in our culture. It's massive. It's taken over. Uh, Brother Bill and I were just talking about it. They, they now schedule kids' sports things through Sundays and everything. It's, 
It's just taken over our whole culture. And I played sports when I was a kid. Played baseball, basketball, football in high school. And one of the things we had to learn was you could not give up. You didn't want to give up. The coach was right there to make sure you did not give up. When they had us run laps, man, you didn't stop and say, well, I'm just tired. Well, you better not tell the coach that. In fact, back in those days, uh, it was a different world. So we used to have uh, football pants that had a, a cloth belt and double D rings that held that belt on. And the coach would stand there and he would swing one of those belts with those little steel clips on the end. And when we would come by, we'd run by the coach on the football field and he would whack us with those little steel rings. That's okay. I survived. <laughs> but it was part of his motivation because if you were trucking, if you were running, it was hard to get you. But if you're just lopping along, well, you're probably going to get whacked. I know, it was a whole nother generation, it's another time. It's amazing we survived, isn't it? But you couldn't give up. You had to just keep running. You knew that there was going to be an end, you just didn't know would I live to see it. But you would just keep going. And that's the way life is, and that's the way life is for us. Yeah, it's a long, dark winter. It really is. It's okay. You're going to make it. Just don't give up. Don't give up hope. Look, full of faith. Understand that the Lord is there with you. Hebrews 9.28 So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. We look to the coming Lord. I look ahead. I know that my Lord has my back. And I know that it might be a long run. It might be a tough workout. It might be a long winter, a long day, a long circumstance, a long situation. But he's going to get me through. And on the other side, he is there. I'm going to be okay. I just can't give up. I must rest in him. And I must know that he cares for me. I know that things come into our lives, health, personal, financial, family, community, global, things happen all the time. But we have to choose. We have to choose how we look at life as we go forward. I choose to look up. I choose to do an inventory to look in. I choose to look out and understand that I'm not the only person I need to care about others. And I choose to look forward. You can't live in the past. You can't live on yesterday. You have to look forward to what God has for you tomorrow. And work and prepare the way. Because tomorrow will come. If not... You'll be with the Lord in that glorious heavenly home. He's prepared for you. But as sure as tomorrow comes, you need to be prepared for tomorrow. Whatever it may be. I was talking to one of our widow ladies the other day here a little while ago. And I asked her, how are you doing? She said, I'm, I'm doing okay. 
And I asked her a few more things. And she's taken steps to help realign her life as a widow lady. She's preparing for her days and for her months and for her time because her life has changed dramatically. You and I, every single one of us in our lives, things will happen. But we cannot let them defeat us. We have to face them with our Lord. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we thank you that we can gather together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you for this place that you have given us to come and worship. Lord, we thank you for Christ. Where we can look, the author and finisher of our faith. And as we look up to you, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us and encourage us. Direct us as we go our way. Bring us back again that we might continue to worship you. Please be with our church family. There are those who are going through really tough times like Levi in the hospital this morning. We have folks that are battling cancer, marital problems, and financial difficulties. Lord, I pray that you'd be with each one. Help us, Lord, to look to you and to rest in you, to find our joy in you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. amen. Brother John has a little verse to close us in. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it.